0: Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, business coach, author, speaker, and the creator of Brand Builders Academy and the Amplify Accelerator. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to become a bold and powerful voice in your industry. Hello, you fabulous, amazing, incredible human being. Well done for walking the planet today and just being your awesome, awesome self. Just wanted to throw that in there wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Welcome back to the podcast. It is amazing to have you here because I love having you here every week. And if this is your first time, oh, hey there, I'm Suze Chadwick. I just gave you a little bit of an intro. So I am excited that you're here. This podcast is my place to connect with you, to say hi, to share amazing interviews, to share my bits and pieces that I like to talk about as well. So I'm excited to have you here and I have got an awesome guest for you as well. Now, before we dive in, I do want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by my free masterclass, which is how to build a profitable business without the burnout. And if you want to get your hands on that, all you have to do is go to suschadwick.com forward slash scale, S-C-A-L-E, and you can go and get your hands on it, go dive in, check it out. It's got the goodies of how I sell, how I connect with my audience, how I've built a profitable business without the burnout. So if you haven't checked that out, then make sure you go over there and you check it out. But listen, today I'm excited to share a guest with you, Becky Hughes. She is a gorgeous client of mine. She is building an incredible program that I know you'll want to know more about. And we're going to dive into and talk all about branding. So obviously it's my jam. She talks my language and we really go deep. So there are so many elements that I know you're going to get out of this week's podcast and I know you're going to love it. So let me introduce you to Beck Hughes. She is a lover of ultra dark chocolate that would put me in the hospital with a migraine. She loves animal print alliterations, that's my language too, and stinky cheese. She's also a brand strategist, a creator and a coach, a lover of design and driven to improve, challenge and invent. She shines a light on brand value and gives entrepreneurs the insight to make confident decisions for their brand and business. Beck spent 15 plus years as a strategy and design leader in agency land in the UK, Europe and Australia. And she spent the last six years and growing, running her own brand consultancy she's worked with hundreds of brands big and small across a range of industries and has experienced firsthand what actually makes brands successful hint it's not their logo. Beck is your brand strategist, design consultant, cheerleader, advocate and blue sky thinker and she's here to help entrepreneurs raise their brand bar in their business so it becomes a catalyst for aligned growth. So I'm super excited to dive into this interview. Let me know what you think. Let me know what your takeaways were as well. But listen, without further ado, let's get started. Becky, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you, Suze. It's very exciting to be here. (laughs) I'm excited to have you here because you speak one of my love languages, which is brand. So I do love to have these chats and I do feel like you talk about things differently to me as well, which I absolutely love. I don't know about you, but I always used to enjoy going to, (laughs) I was such geeks, industry conferences where I'd be surrounded by marketing and branding people and you just kind of have people that talked about things differently or they'd explain different projects that they'd been working on. And I just love being around people that do what I do because I always find it really interesting the perspectives that they come from. Look, I do love that. And having worked in brand for, you know, a long time,
1: you know what it's like every brand agency has their method you know their way of doing yeah. things so you know you go through all of those different methodologies and each time you go to a new agency you've got to learn their different way of talking about it you know they've got the brand onion or the brand square or whatever it might be <laughs> and i think you kind of start to maybe hopefully in a good way cherry pick the bits that work yeah. and it is i love hearing other people talk about brand and their approach to brand Because I think a lot of times it really does boil down to some of the same principles and a lot of the times it's vernacular and it's just how people choose to talk about it.
0: Yeah, so interesting, which is why uh, when you talk about it as well and some of the terms you use, I'm like, oh, I like that. That sounds fresh and exciting. Uh, So I'm excited to have you on because today we are going to be talking about brand alignment uh, and how we can feel more comfortable in what we're doing, how we're growing our business, you know does it feel right is this the right direction which i think that when you start a business you go everybody goes through that you know so i'd love for you to share with my listeners what's your journey been from kind of when you were in agency through to starting your business and how you work with clients now
1: yeah look i think for me working in agency you you do work with a different style of client often it's a very corporate client and you may be de- dealing with lots of different stakeholders rather than one business owner. So sometimes the experience is a little bit different, but I think what's important and what's exciting and interesting for me is actually the opportunity is the same. So whether it's a really small bit and I work now with more solopreneurs or founder brands compared to working in the corporate world. But for me, actually the principles of brand are the same and the opportunities to invest in your brand and the outcomes you can get are the same. So I think a big part of when I did move out of corporate into working for myself in my own brand consultancy, it was really seeing that opportunity which excited me that I could bring that insight and that knowledge and that opportunity to small business owners. Because very often there's a real focus on the visual, everybody Mm. starts a business, right? What do I need first? I need a desk and a logo. And so you kind of focus on the visual. So i felt very excited about how I could bring more of that thinking and the strategy to small business owners because it has a huge impact. It makes such a difference to their business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you're right, you know, whenever we do, and we've mentioned this so many times on the podcast as well, but whenever we talk about brands, so many people just think my colours, my logo. All of the things that we see, uh, which is why, you know, when you were talking about the brand onion, I think that's really funny because I used to, I remember when I was explaining brand, I would be like, I would use the body as the analogy. And I'm like, the eyes are the visual brand, the mouth is your tone of voice. You know, <laughs> it's so true. There's so
1: many analogies. I've gone through them all, I think. There's the house one, there's the car one. <laughs> There's the, definitely the body. <laughs> there's every kind of fruit and vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of analogies. And it's really interesting. And I was speaking to somebody about this the other day is, you know, for all, and I'm not even going to say how many years I've worked in brand because it horrifies me. <laughs> but every time I try, it's still challenging to talk about brand strategy and to really try and articulate something that is quite intangible. I understand it's very hard for small business owners to think that they're going to invest in something which they can't necessarily touch and feel and take to the next family barbecue and show everyone. Mm. So I understand why we as an industry have tried to find all these ways to try and explain it because I know it's so important. And what I also know is when someone goes through that journey of brand with me or with anybody else, Mm. when you see that, penny drop and the realization and the recognition of what the clarity it's brought to them the comfort that it's brought which we'll talk about in a sec you know I I'm always constantly reminded that it has value.
0: Yeah 100% yeah I I mean obviously I believe that too because I always talk about like my connection with brands that intangible emotional unexplainable We'll never delete the hundreds of emails from Gorman, love everything, have to be there, want to be part of the community, walking down the street. And then another girl sees me in a Gorman dress and gives me that little smile because we're part of the gang. Like there's there's so much to brand, um, not just the products and services, but it's, it's all of those intangible elements that come along with it that so often we just are really not even aware of. You know, I always I always laugh because, you know, Apple people are such Apple people. It's like, yeah, like one of my girlfriends are like, oh, you've got like an Android phone? That's so not cool. <laughs> it's so true. My husband's an Apple
1: person, yeah. so I can talk about this cult level of obsession with some authority and it's everything about you know I talk a a lot about brand experience Mm. and that kind of experience that you create for your audience and Apple I mean I know that it's talked about a lot but they are the pinnacle of how you do that Mm -hmm. and for him the thought of going to Apple store that's like going on a holiday for him just to go and immerse himself in it yeah the way they create that you know from the moment you you receive that box and that experience and that ritual of opening it. And, you know, there's three layers. It's like a Russian doll and like the beautiful instructions, like everything about that experience is so crafted and thought through.
0: Mm.
1: And you can understand why people have that emotional connection. Mm. But I was going to say something about emotional connection, because I think people often immediately think about that in terms of product brand, so they think about it with clothing or with electronic products or even food products, luxury brands, you know, they think, oh, that's about emotional connection. And I work a lot with service brands. And very often those, own, those brand owners will sort of say, well, emotion isn't relevant for me. I'm a lawyer or I'm an accountant or, you know, I'm a conveyancer. So brand doesn't apply to me as much as it would apply to Gorman or Apple Mm. and that's so and that's Mm. couldn't be further from the truth because people buy with emotion regardless people in a business-to-business environment buy with emotion as a business owner when I choose who I'm going to work with in my business a photographer or whatever it might be I'm choosing on emotion and for me that's one of the biggest opportunities when I work with businesses particularly in the service industry is so very often their competitors may not be leveraging that emotional conversation yeah so I think it's something to always come back to it's not just for people who sell baby products or people who Mm. sell beautiful clothing it's for everyone
0: yeah absolutely and I just think really asking yourself the question as well like how do I want to make my my clients, my customers, my community feel and all of those different touch points is such like I find it fun and exciting. You know, I'm like, okay, so when this happens, then, you know, what are we going to do? And, and then what what are they going to get? And then how can we make it even better and make them feel like amazing about it? And to me, that's kind of the fun bit, of, the fun bit about, you know, working with clients um, in, in the brand experience kind of area. But yeah, I find it so interesting and I think no matter what business you're in, it's such an important thing that you need to be looking at on a regular basis as well. I think that's another thing that people don't do as often is they kind of set and forget. It's like maybe something they do at the very beginning of the business and then they kind of leave it and think that, that that's done, Tick like tick that box. But yeah. it's, yeah, it's definitely something that I think we, we should be looking at a whole lot more. Now, one of the questions I did want to ask before we kind of dive into some of the things we're going to go through today is when you started working with solopreneurs and small businesses and you saw some of that discomfort, what were they saying? What were you seeing? Like, what was your experience? Because I know that when I came into my business coming out of corporate and working on brand projects with big global businesses, it was just a, it was a very different ball game coming and working with small businesses or you know solopreneurs what what was your experience of that
1: it is very different and i think one of the main reasons one of the, the pluses but also the challenges is when it's a solopreneur there's a lot of emotion involved it's very personal mm. so in a corporate you don't necessarily come up against that kind of uh, those personal emotional barriers as much there are different emotions at play there. Um, But when you're dealing with someone in their own business, it's a lot more personal. There's a personal journey there. When they started out, there's a lot of attachment, say to a name that their sister came up with at a barbecue and they went with it. And, you know, there's so much more of that kind of emotional, I don't want to say baggage, but it can be a little bit of baggage sometimes. Mm. So there's that. But also I think working with small businesses as I've gone through that process so many times, for me there's a really clear life cycle of brand. So what you find is, and we've all been there, and I can even say that I've been there, and I might not say how many times I've rebranded myself.
0: <laughs> but I think it's okay for us to say that too. Like you know, we it's always the plumber's tap is always leaky. We all go through it as well. Even people who work in this space, like it's a challenging thing. Yeah, it is. And you know, when you're close to something, when you're close to
1: something, and that's the point as a, as a small business owner, you're so close to it. You've been, you know, it it was, it's like birthing a child sometimes, you know, it's, you're very close to it. And, but that life cycle, when you start out, you do have to make quick decisions. You do have to keep investment low or, or, you know, sensible. So you might make quick decisions. You might you know, your hairdresser's mum is quite good at macrame, so she could probably do a logo as well. So you kind of get that sort of quick solution. So you might use mm-hmm. something like a fiver or... So you kind of get yourself going. And as much as I love brand and I'm so dedicated to brand strategy, I do also understand the need for that for small for startups. You've got to test the water. And sometimes you just need something fit for purpose mm-hmm. that will get you moving. But then I think what happens is over you know 18 months, two years is you go through a learning process and you start to learn about more about yourself, about what you really want to do. You start to learn more about your audience and what they're really looking for, and you know what the emotional triggers might be for that audience. So you kind of go through this evolution and you I think you refine things on the way. And I would say almost without exception there will come a point where you realize that you've outgrown your brand. It doesn't fit with you anymore. Maybe it doesn't reflect either what you do now or what you want to do, or it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't, you don't love it. It doesn't look good. You're a bit stuck now about the language and what you, what you want to say about it. So you kind of get to this point where you probably need to refocus, come back to base, think about all everything that you've learned over that time and then re-evolve, rebrand essentially, and shape your brand more strategically for how you want to move forward.
0: Yeah. And I just want to say on that, like so many people do it. Like it's not, it's not that you've failed or that something's gone wrong. Like you said, it's an evolution. And I think that you should almost expect it. So I mean, I remember when I started, I've still, you know, something I've kept the Becky just so I can see where I started. I haven't deleted those images, those files that I created in PicMonkey back in 2014. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, uh, terrible. And because I was like, do I want to do this? Like, am I like, let me give this a go. Let me see uh, whether I, I want to do this or not, you know? And and so, yeah, evolved it and built it from there and then got a designer to do some work. And then only just recently did a whole massive update of the website and the brand and everything. Uh, yeah, like in the last 12 months, you know. I know,
1: because I was watching from the sidelines.
0: <laughs> so, but you know something, sometimes it can feel, like depending on where you are in your business, it can, it can feel so big and it can feel like such a massive undertaking, but can I just, I'll always say it's so worth it because like you said, and I've found this clients as well, that discomfort, that misalignment, that will stop you from taking the steps, doing the thing, really being all out there, because you don't really love, or it's not exactly where you want it to be, you know that the quality is not at the level that you want it to be. So yeah, it's hard. We all go through it, but it's just it's a rite of passage. And I think that it's you should always be looking at what that next evolution of of you can be, without it being something you do all the time. But <laughs> you know, maybe every every year. Don't be me. Don't rebrand <laughs> every six months. <laughs> Don't do
1: it every year, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no. yeah. No, look, and I think for me, not only is it potentially necessary when you're start starting out, it's also very smart. I think it's the right thing to do because to go all in. I mean, I would say with almost without exception, every business goes through an evolution and a change about what they want to offer and who they want to offer it to. The market changes, new competitors come in, so having that, allowing yourself that 18 months to two years to really hone your business, hone your craft, understand what it is you, what's going to make you happy and then go all in. But I would say, and I agree with you, Suze, there does come a point where you have to have a word with yourself and see that it's time to go all in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just, and also that self-awareness of what is holding you back So sometimes you can just feel uneasy but you don't know what it is. It's like, I I just don't love what I've I've got or what I'm doing, but maybe you haven't pinpointed that it's the look and feel, it's the messaging, it's the products. Like you don't know exactly what it is. So I think that there's also that kind of, you know, deep dive into, well, what exactly is the problem? Like what is it that's holding me back and how do I fix that for sure? Awesome. Listen, Becky, we can talk for ages, but let's... (laughs) What else can we talk about? But let's dive in to the concept around brand alignment because I think that's really important. And I did speak recently about um, you know, me feeling aligned to the content I was creating, feeling aligned to the things that I was doing. So I feel like this is a really good lead-on to that conversation around how you can feel more aligned with your brand as well. So, what does that mean for you? Look, I think having
1: had all those conversations along the journey and hearing people talk about, I I don't love how I feel, how I look, or I don't really know what to say. It just doesn't feel right. I was having a conversation with someone quite recently and he talked about not wanting to say the name of his business to people. Like he was so (laughs) out of love with his business and I guess with the name, it was so misaligned that he didn't even want to say it out loud anymore.
0: I um, don't expect you to tell me, but I'm like, what was the name of his ooh, visit? <laughs> it? It's fine. You can tend it It was Richard Branson. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Virgin. It's very old school these days. Yeah.
1: Um. So, so yeah, I think that, so ultimately in going through those conversations for me, I started to realize that it is, it is this sense of misalignment and therefore, and what does that mean? What does that misalignment mean? How does that manifest itself and why does that come about? And for me, that really comes down to the biggest question in brand, which is how much of my brand should be me and how much of my brand should be the embodiment or be for my audience? I think if there is a disconnect in that, then that's where you start to feel disconnected from your brand so if you've gone all in on your brand and you've made it all about your audience but you don't necessarily connect with that doesn't feel good for you it's not a tone of voice that you feel comfortable with then that can feel uncomfortable so really I think the key for me in brand alignment is, tr- is finding that sweet spot that perfect overlap if you like of what it is that your audience wants from you and what they want from your brand and also what you want from your brand and you know i think people get very and, and there's not one answer because i think it varies from your personal needs what your audience wants but ultimately that misalignment is re- really is that there's some kind of disturbance in the force <laughs> in terms of what what you want and need from your brand where you want it to go, you know, what you want from it and what your audience wants.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that I, I think that people even struggle with that at the beginning. It's kind of like, okay, so these are my products and services. This is what I want. And then I'm just going to put that out there and see what happens. And I do think that that's that evolution piece is that I think that that's where you kind of start. And then you learn more about your clients and who you want to work with and that, testing and trying element and then you adjust your messaging to fit that so it really is you know for anybody that is feeling that kind of stuck feeling it is you know know that it's just the more that you kind of dive into into understanding your clients and the more you get to know yourself as a business owner those two will come together as well
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I think a lot of that is comes back to things like intuition and having a really clear brand, <clears throat> excuse me, will mean that you're a little bit more with in touch with your intuition around that brand. I think when when you're in that kind of sense of discomfort and misalignment, it can be very hard to let things go. For example, you you, you, you want to do all of the things that you've always done because you don't have that clarity of perhaps what you should let go of the services that you shouldn't pursue anymore or Mm. the visual that's not really working for you but it's kind of better the devil you know and you don't really want to change or the old messages that you keep talking about or you just keep reinventing but it never actually feels comfortable so i think when you get to that place of alignment it does help with some of those things like intuition and you can start to clear out a little bit of the wheat from the chaff
0: yeah no I love that and I think that's so I think it's just important for people to know that that's just the journey that that we all go on as well um and so how do we create more like a more aligned brand okay so look I for me when I talk about an aligned brand what
1: it ultimately means is feeling a little bit more or feeling a lot more in flow with everything that goes around your brand so feeling in flow with what are you going to say? What are the messages? What's the right time to speak? What words should you choose? Feeling really comfortable with your look and feel. So for me, a really big thing that I see is people sitting down and reinventing. Every time, right, I've got to do an Instagram post or I've got to, you know, batch some content and they start reinventing. I'm going to try these colors this week or I'm going to try these fonts. So there's all of that sort of um, sitting down and kind of overthinking everything so getting in flow is really about being in touch with those sorts of things and being more efficient not wasting time reinventing all the reinventing things so when i talk about brand flow really i talk about four key phases of that so a journey that you would go through to start to get much more in touch with yourself and what you want from your brand what your audience and therefore how that needs to manifest itself so before I go into what those four things are, I think it's worth saying that it's really about looking at your brand through a number of different lenses. I think very often we default to only at looking at your brand through an in- internal looking lens. So we focus on what we want or we only focus on a very action oriented doing kind of lens. So we sort of think about what is the logo going to look like? What's my next post going to look like? What do I need? What sales funnel do I need? What assets do I need? But for me, there are four key lenses that you should be looking at your brand through. And that is looking internally. So reflecting on what do I want this brand to be for me? What, how does it align with my values? Where I want to go, what I love doing, what I want to do and who I want to serve. Then there's looking externally. So this is kind of that alignment piece, me and my audience and how I bring them together. So looking externally is then looking outward. Who's the audience that I want to serve? What do they want from me? What motivates them? What's the market doing? Now, I'm not a big advocate for becoming too Mm. absorbed with what your competitors are doing. I think that can become a real minefield. I think you've really got to get into your own space and own that. Um, but it is, is you'd be. I think it would be remiss to not be aware what your competitors and what's happening in the market. So that's the internal and external kind of um, lens. And then there's also the lens of the doing lens, the action lens. What actions do I need to take? What do I need? What assets do I need? But there's also more the strategic lens. So the thinking, putting the thought behind what you're going to do with your brand and why you're going to do it. What's the strategic foundation?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I feel like that's a simple way of looking at it. Obviously, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, but I think that that's a really good start for people to take a look at. So let's dive into them. So look, the first thing for me
1: is coming into that sort of looking inwards, so that internal focus and thinking strategically. So that's really, for me, the foundation of your brand. And that's what I refer to as your meaning. So where you need to start and what I think what is very often missed is really getting under the skin of what does your brand mean for you? What's it all about? So for me, there are two key components of that. The first thing is the foundations for everything. And and I think this is where that what we were talking about in that life cycle coming back to all those learnings that journey you've been on it's starting to look really self-reflectively about what that journey's shown you and at, at that point what do you need to hang on to and what do you need to let go of what have you learned about your values where do you want this brand to go and starting to give that some shape another big important part of foundations which I could probably do a whole Separate
0: podcast on, which I... <laughs> Another time, yeah.
1: Is is really what I call headspace. And that's your mindset around your brand. And I think for... for And I know that you're, you know, you talk very eloquently about this, Suze, as well. But when you've been through that journey of, of ownership and growth and startup, sometimes there can be some mindset um challenges that you might need to address before you can move forward. And some of those things will be around how you approach yourself and see yourself. I did a post recently about people always referring to themselves as being little, my little business. Oh, I've just got my, it's just my little business. It's just me working in my little business. And some of those mindset things about playing small, thinking small, do need to be thought about addressed so you can kind of move on and up with your brand. So it's setting the foundations, and then it's getting into that strategy. So it's setting the strategic direction for the brand, what I call your brand compass, because it really is what's going to be the foundation for everything that you do. So every time you make a decision about your brand, shall I launch this new service? Do I need to introduce a new lead magnet? Do I need to start talking to a new audience or talking to my audience in a slightly different way? your compass becomes your touchstone. You always come back to that and stress test it
0: with that strategic direction. So can I ask what yours is, Becky? (laughs) You absolutely can.
1: I won't go into it too. I won't go into it too much Like high level, high level. High level. Look, for me, it's really about answering four key questions about your brand. And the first thing is, it's quite simply what it is that you do. So asking yourself, what is my product and how does it serve a need and I think overlaying that what need does it serve is really important because we can get really stuck in well I do this this is what I do doing 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 but when you start to think about what does it actually serve what what need does it serve then that sort of adds a different perspective to it so understanding your your what what you do one of the most important things for me is then answering the question of how you do it. And for me, I think that's such an important thing. You know, if you're in, in, in an industry where everybody's doing a very similar what, everybody's got a very similar product, your how you approach it and how you deliver that service or that product differently and how you create that experience is what will set you apart. So putting some thought into what is it in the way that you behave and deliver maybe it's your thought leadership maybe it's your approach to your service that sets you apart and will define that experience for your audience and again building some language and some structure around that yep. then it's about answering your why and i think you know everybody talks a lot about why i probably hear this on a daily basis oh you got gonna get in touch with your why <laughs>
0: Simon Sinek good old Simon (laughs) Sinek yeah
1: thank you for and look at and it's the principles are absolutely right
0: yeah
1: and I think it but it's about thinking about your why in terms of how your purpose creates an impact so an impact for your audience an impact in the world you know we're not necessarily about talking about solving world hunger it doesn't have to be that big but it's about what, what emotion, what difference do you make for your audience in an emotional sense?
0: Mm.
1: How do you make the, the life better for them? How do you change things for them? And putting some shape around that, because again, in that, what, how, why kind of formula, you can, people very often focus very much on the, what, this is what I do and, and the functionality mm. of that. But then reflecting on what that, kind of that outcome that transformation if you like that that causes for people and putting some language around
0: that's really important yeah and then the
1: final thing is the who 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 do you do it for and what do they want from you
0: yeah no I love that and uh, the question I've got for you because I think about just maybe the way that my brain works as well is the order that that goes in for you I think for me I kind of definitely like i kind of started with the why like what what's my purpose which is supporting women to become bold and powerful voices in the world claim their space with confidence Like, uh, who is that for? And then I identify the who. And then I think about, well, what products am I going to create for the who? And then how am I going to do that for them? So for me, when I look at that, that was sort of the order in my brain that I went through. Do you have an order or can it be in different orders, just depending on how you work? Yeah, look, I
1: definitely think it's organic. And I think it depends on where you're at in your business. Sometimes if you're really clear on what you want to offer, I don't think there's anything wrong with, I think you do need to be flexible and you might shape that to the who, mm. but if you st- you can start with that because you, you might be quite clear on that. Mm. Um, whereas for some, they might just really, it's all about their purpose and their why, and that's where they want to start. And then their what and their how will organically evolve out of that. They're starting with, I just really want to help, you know, female leaders have more impact in the corporate environment as an example. That's Mm. what my purpose. So I'm then going to develop my products and services around that. Yeah. So really for me, and this is quite typical of me, probably I can be quite fluid is I think it just is depends. I think they're the four things you need to address but you don't necessarily need to address them in any order.
0: That's whatever works. And everybody will be at different stages as well. So yeah, you might, you might be evolving one or two of them a bit more than the others because the other two you kind of feel really confident in as well. Okay, great. So the first one is around meaning and that alignment uh, that you have around the meaning. What's the next one?
1: So next you go into thinking about, and, and one way I talk about brand is it's about, finding your meaning, and then making it meaningful to the people that matter. So if you just focus on your meaning, that can sometimes become maybe a little bit egocentric, you can be talking about your values, and this is what I want to do in the world. And that's a fundamental foundation to your brand. But then you've got to look at that brand, well, how am I going to give that brand a spin, if you like, or how am I gonna package that brand in a way that will be meaningful to the people that I want to talk to? So that's really where magnetism comes in. How are we going to package this brand up to make it communicate really efficiently with our audience, allow them to connect with it and allow them to understand it? And for me, that's really three key things. So that's looking at your visual identity, And that's something we focus on a lot in brand. How am I going to look? What's my logo? What are my colors, my fonts? How will I visually express this brand? It's also your voice identity. And sometimes this is a bit overlooked, but I think it's also somewhere people get really stuck. How should I talk? What words should I choose? What's my tone of voice? So, and that's part of the brand process. That's not something you just make up on the hoof. That should also be as nailed down as these are my four hex colors. Yep. So, so understanding what what are the kind of what's the tone of voice that you have? Is it upbeat and fun? Is it a bit cheeky and a bit challenging? Is it very corporate and serious? What are the kinds of words that you use to describe your service and your industry? Getting really clear on that voice identity is important. And then the third one is your behavior identity. How do you act? How do you, how, what will your audience's experience be around you? Again, will it be really thorough and really, you know, corporate and, you know, every step is kind of managed. Is it about upbeat and fun and about that Apple reveal and discovery? What's the kind of behavior that you're gonna exhibit as a brand? Are you gonna be a really strong voice? Are you gonna challenge and are you gonna talk politically even about your industry? So, how are you going to behave and act? So, getting so those three things are really what come together to create your brand, and that's, so that's what starts the
0: visual, the verbal, and the behaviour. Yeah.
1: Correct, and that's really then about how you become magnetic, how you take your meaning, what you're about, how you wanted to express your values and your purpose, and making that meaningful. So putting the clothes on it, if you like, let's try and find a, or putting the banana skin on it. (laughs) Love it. Um, So to how it's going to then communicate and connect with your audience and ultimately to elicit an emotional reaction.
0: Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, like, even though we're like, you know, brand isn't all about the visual, the visual does matter because we make a very fast, like, judgments and decisions based on what we see whether we think it's quality whether it speaks to us and who we want to be in the world and uh, and whether it's really tapping into our problems and all the rest of it so I think it's it is such an important element it's just being aware that it's not the only element but it is a very important element. Absolutely. And I think as well, part of that,
1: part of having been clear on all those things, the visual, the verbal, the behavior, is then about consistency. Because when you understand what they're meant to be, you can start making a critical decision about, well, I'm I'm not gonna introduce Fuchsia Pink to this Instagram post because it's not part of my brand. So consistency is really important because consistency is so important to that recognition factor trust factor in your audience and I it's quite interesting to me I I did have a client once who we'd been through a rebrand process and you know we were really consistent in how we were implementing it and then after about 12 months she was like I I still love it but I feel like people are going to get bored of it so should we change it up a bit I'm like no and and that's (laughs) yeah. So people get bored of it. And I think that's really important to remember is that you might see your brand every single day. You, know, you see it in, you know, when you open your computer, you see all of your brand elements, but your audience doesn't see it every day. Yeah. You're doing really well if they see it every week, probably it might just be every month. So to give them that really quick visual cue to recognize you is really important. They're not
0: getting bored. Yeah, I find it really interesting. I get people that send me um, like screenshots of things they like this made me think of you. And it can be from another business or it can be from a product or something like that. But I always find that when someone will see a dress or something like that and they'll send me a pitch and they'll be like, I thought of you when I saw that. And I'm always like, that's awesome. That's great. I love it that you're not even seeing me, but you're thinking about me when you see other things as well. So I think that that's, um, yeah, always really interesting.
1: And look, there are certain brands that I, see and this isn't just big brands this is small mm. solopreneur brands and I you know I see them come through in my feed and they're not clients yeah and as soon as I see that post or whatever it might be I I know it's them or I, I'm I suspect it's them and then my suspicion is confirmed yeah so that I think people always say well I haven't got billions of dollars to spend on my marketing like coke so I can't have you know a billboard and be, be in front of everyone. What's the the kind of anecdotal, you see a Coke, Coke branding every certain time, number of times every day. But so they go, well, I can't have that big spend. So, and and create that recognition. It doesn't have to be a big spread spend. It's just Mm -hmm. about making a commitment to be consistent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
1: Awesome. And look, the other part of magnetism is then having that alignment in The services you offer. So it's quite common for me to work with clients and I just hate offering that service now. I hate doing it. I don't want to do it. It doesn't feel good for me, but I do it because my clients expect it or I've always done it. So part of magnetism is then reflecting on your portfolio. So when I talk about portfolio, I'm talking about your range of services that you offer. And really, when you do it again through that really clear Brand lens, you understand what's important to you, you're clear on your values, you know where you're going, then you can start to be a bit more intuitive, as we've talked about, and a bit more critical about what it is you're going to do. And you can perhaps start to let go of things that that you don't feel aligned with. Because the truth of the matter is, when you don't feel good about your brand, you're not comfortable to say your name, or you're kind of scratching around and being inconsistent people pick up on that, that discomfort is palpable to others. So if you're performing services you don't love, that's that vibe is going to come through. So being critical about how you offer your services and then how you bring your brand vernacular or your, or your brand voice and your visual into how you package those services, So all makes sense. So the thread is there. So when you talk about your purpose and then you share your services, there's a really clear thread Mm. in, in that. People go, I understand. You know, that person wants to invest in female leadership in the corporate world. And I understand that the products and services that they're offering do that. And it's really clear to me. So having that clarity, that thread is really, really important.
0: Yeah. And I also think that that confidence comes with time as well. Like, you know, I always talk about the fact that I had different things that I tried and I tested and some I loved and some I didn't and some were profitable and some weren't. And I think it's just going through that and really finding like where you want to be. And I think that the more that you lean into and you discover that purpose at a deeper level as well, where you're, you know, you kind of realize this is, this is the stuff I want to do. This is the stuff that lights me up and that I could talk about all day. And this is my zone of genius that I've now discovered and realized Then I think just constantly editing and auditing your business to make sure that everything that you're doing really aligns to that like we were talking about on a regular basis, I think is important to just continuing to strengthen your brand over time as well, because the more that you can edit and audit and lean into the things that you do really well, that serve the people that you want in the way that you want it to, I think that, you know, that's when people can feel, feel that you're, you are aligned with what you're doing and you're passionate about it and you're purposeful and, you're the person that I want to work with because you know he or she is like everything feels really connected.
1: Yeah. Look and you used a really important word there which is editing to edit. Like for me All editing about the edit. <laughs> get rid of it. <laughs> for me editing is it's sort of the underlying thread of everything to do with brand. So from that first step one when you're looking at your meaning that's all about editing out the noise the baggage the stuff that you've held on to being starting to get really clear on what you're about so that's just so everything is about editing editing out services that you don't want editing out well but I really I like that color or I want to use 12 fonts or whatever it is it's all about an edit And I think that's a really, really important one. But also from a services point of view, this has been a big realisation for me is you don't have to do anything. Mm. Well, that's not true. You have to do something
0: if you want to make money. (laughs) Don't do anything. Just chill. Just sit around and it'll come to you. Um, Just manifest it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'll rephrase that. Um, You don't have to do the things that you don't want to do that don't feel good. So it's looking at, it's looking at it through that lens.
0: Yeah, no, I love, you know, I love that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) So good. Awesome. So portfolio and just really understanding, you know, how you're, how you structure your services and how they align. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so good. And I just think, I just think that it is, you know, uh, it is just something that it's okay to look out on a regular basis and really think about, you know, what and ask yourself what you want and take the time to ask yourself, what do I actually want to be doing? Do I love this? And I think when you do feel like you don't love something and it may not be dropping it straight away, like financially, responsibility wise, all the rest of it, it may not be viable to drop it straight away. But once again, it's just about that planning and, and seeing that, you know, okay, I'll do this until the next two months or three months or I'll finish up with these clients but then I'm going to take a look at like how do I increase my prices of my other products and services or maybe I shift and do something different to this particular product and so I think just being in that in that mind frame in your business is is super important
1: yeah like have, having a mindset of being reflective yeah. always taking some time whether it's every couple of months just to sit down and go right I'm just going to clear everything I'm just going to sit and I'm just going to reflect on and, and I think again, it comes back to that issue of discomfort. If you feel it, like discomfort is your subconscious, it's either your body or your subconscious trying to tell you something. Mm. Your body's trying to tell you that you're sick and you need to do something, or your subconscious is trying to tell you that something's not right. So either way, discomfort is some something sending you a message. So being in tune with that discomfort and rather than just kind of pushing it away, oh my gosh, it's too hard basket. To I might have to fix something. I might have to spend some money. I might hear something I didn't want to hear. it's about leaning into it and sort of going, what what is this telling me? Because I guarantee the outcome, you will always feel better. Mm. The, The journey might be sometimes a challenging one, as you said, rebrand can be a bit of a journey, but if it's done right, if you go through these steps that we're talking about, these phases, and you put the energy into all of them, then I'm pretty confident the outcome will be a good one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. People sit in that discomfort for too long because they're worried about the pain it'll take to get to a better outcome. But I just like, you know, it's such a crazy way to think about it. It's like bite the bullet, go through the a little bit of pain now for joy and ease later. Uh and yeah, just just do it. Just just do it. <laughs> As one really big famous brand said. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So good. Awesome. What's the third thing? Okay. This one might sound a bit boring, but this is so, so important. This might even be my favorite one. Maybe not. I think I like them all, but this is really important because I think with this one, it's the one that is never talked about. It's, it's never, it's just not a thing, but what it's all about, this is about brand management. So this is what all of, you know, your big corporates and all those people that manage, nestle brands and unilever Mm -hmm. brands this is what they're doing brand management is a function it's a thing but as small business owners we very rarely manage our brand so we go through the process we might do the the strategy piece we might reflect and kind of come you know identify our meaning We'll definitely focus heaps of energy on the magnetic bit on the magnetism creating the visual and then that's like oh okay now my brand's done that's my brand done. I've got my guidelines. I've got my logo. I'm good. But what we forget to do is then continue to manage that brand. So for me, brand management, there's key two key factors to it. And the first one is really about guardianship. How do you continue to look after your asset? So your brand is an asset and it's got a value attached to it. If you ever were to decide to sell your business, look for investment in your business, when you're looking at talent attraction, having a really healthy brand. So visually healthy, having a really good clear message is really important. But if you don't look after that asset, then you're doing your brand a disservice. And quietly, it may well be sabotaging your, your performance and your perception. So things, what, just give you some examples about the things that are important in brand guardianship, one of the biggest things is consistency. So letting go of that consistency, getting bored, reinventing things, not sticking to the plan and starting to let that inconsistency creep in. Things like not maintain not maintaining your website, mm-hmm. not checking that the forms are working. So, you know, all these inquiries are coming in and it went into that, oh, I'm just going to bury my head in the sand because I might actually have to fix it. I don't want to know that it's broken but that's a, a bad thing because that experience that you're creating for all those people that were inquiring is is a really bad experience of your brand. So for me, brand management is really about that m- maintaining, checking. You should always be going. What, what's the? You should be running an audit on your website every six months. Are all the links working? Mm. Are all the forms working? Is the experience good? you know, if, particularly if you have a WordPress website, things can fall out of a lot like visual alignment and you do need to go and look after it and maintain it. So maintaining quality. So ensuring if you start to use other people in your business, you have a VA or you bring in a copywriter, that they're maintaining the quality standards that you want to see in your brand. Set the bar high and always reach that bar. Don't let your quality standards slip. So for me, it's really about having the processes and the structures in place, having your brand guidelines, having those processes to check things are working and doing it and sticking to it on a regular basis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree. And I also think that just with the outsourcing piece as well, which is something I know a lot of small businesses or businesses in general struggle with is, you know, those standard operating procedures, you know, loom is something that I use a lot in my business where I'll do something and I'll record a loom. And then that sits in Asana, which is our project management so that my VA can go and look at exactly what I did. And so I think just taking a look at like, what's the best way that you can create that consistency and that standard that you want to maintain but also just realizing like you know we've just we've moved website platforms and it's a learning curve for me as well Uh, keep keep doing the main site and then forgetting to go and redo the mobile mobile. drives me (laughs) crazy Um, But I do, for those of you who are out there and send me a little note saying, Suze, the button's not in the right. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. We're double checking it all the time now. But it is a learning curve. And it's just also making sure that we're taking the time to teach and train the people that we bring on board, give them the assets that they need to do a really good job as well. I think that's something that I've been Trying to do a lot more of myself as well and build up libraries and, you know, standard operating processes and things like that. And it's not fun. Like, it's not fun. It's not, it's not sexy. Like, like I said, this is like what management? This sounds like you might like it. But yeah, but I do think that as, as your business grows and that, and as, you potentially bring on more people than it is something that's super important. And just just trying to do it from the start bit by bit so that it doesn't end up being a massive job down the track, I think yeah. is another really big thing to just to always be aware of.
1: Yeah. Look, creative outsourcing in particular can be an intimidating thing. If you've never worked with a designer, and again, I just I, it really disappoints me when I hear stories of people going, I've invested all this money with a web developer or a designer, I never got what I wanted. I'm like, that's so disappointing because I know there are loads of great designers and great web developers out there. And very often a lot of that comes down to the process. So not to start with, not being really clear on what you want, but there is a skill. I mean, you know this, Suze, because you've worked in you know, corporate environments like me. There is a skill to how you a project management, but also how you give feedback to design and how you manage that design process. And looking for ways to kind of hone your skills in that you talk a lot about your honing your copywriting skills but honing your skills and how you manage a creative process how you give feedback how you're really clear in your briefing and, and getting clear about what you want the worst thing a designer can hear is oh I'll leave it up to you you just do what you think because I guarantee you're not going to get the outcome that you wanted from that so Putting some thought and investment into that creative outsourcing is really, really important. And making sure that when you do engage people creatively, you don't let them reinvent. Every designer will want to reinvent your brand for you. Every time someone comes into contact with your brand, whether it's a copywriter or a social media expert, whatever it is, they'll want to tweak and tinker. But when you've got those really good processes in place, when you went through that, when you we're creating your magnetic brand or branding and you've got a really good guideline, then don't deviate. This is the thing. This is what Mm. we're sticking to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, there's, I think there's a lot in that one that, uh, that a lot of people struggle with, but I think that if you can find people that you communicate well with or who communicate really well with you and ask great questions, I think that that was something that I always learned when I was managing a lot of creatives on different projects myself was was the people who over communicated in in the right way uh, that were great to work with because they kind of thought about stuff before. It came up or they have great suggestions or so if you are looking for somebody just ask around and you know get g- recommendations from people whose branding maybe you really like and and a style that resonates with you or you know somebody you ask the question you know, who who is somebody that I want them to be able to communicate really well with me like I think us asking for those things I think is so important as well instead of just going well I don't know like I don't know yeah. you know so yeah
1: yeah. And then the, on top of that, what's really important is chemistry. So yeah. if you, you you know, again, comes back to intuition. If you feel good about someone, if they're asking the right questions, if they seem to, you know, what you want from a creative is someone who does seem to connect with your brand and it resonates with them. So that chemistry is really important too. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say about management and something that's so important is ownership. So what I find all the time Where's your website hosted? Oh, I'm not sure. What's your domain name server? Oh, I don't know. I haven't got the login details for that. Have you got all your high res logos? No, I've just got this P and low res PNG file. You are responsible for your assets, no one else. So if you do go through a rebrand process, please, if you only take one thing out of this podcast,
0: not likely, but yeah. Old
1: lady happy (laughs) and get all your assets what are my logins? Where is my website hosted? Make sure the account's in your name, get all your high-res images, get all your high-res files, know what the colors are that were used, take ownership of your assets, sit down, make a list and get it in your hot little hands.
0: Yeah, for sure. I've got a folder in Dropbox called Biz Function and there's a folder in that called Brand and everything's in that. Um, and I just think, yeah, just be organized with things like don't be, yeah, trying to figure out where, where stuff is. Yeah.
1: That loss of controls really, you know, it comes back to one of the things that I talk around about brand mindset, which is brand neglect. It's starting to just kind of ignore the things that don't feel good. Or oh, why don't, I think my website hosting's up for renewal, but I just, I'm not sure. And I don't want to know and I'm just going to ignore it. Mm-hmm. And the next minute your website's down and you wonder why. So it's, That kind of brand neglect is something that can spiral out of control. So Mm. taking ownership and taking responsibility is really important.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome.
1: And what's the last one? The last one, my darling, is momentum. And this is so so important. So, like I said, you go through a rebranding project, get up your beautiful. On the day you press publish of your brand new, beautiful looking website, and. You post on Instagram saying, look at my new brand. And then you just go, okay, where is everyone? Why isn't the phone ringing? (laughs) Surprising. (laughs) Yeah, because it's not the end. You know, that branding process is not the end. A brand is a catalyst. It's a catalyst for the growth in your business. If you don't leverage that opportunity that your brand creates for you or that what it starts for you, then it's not going to live up to its full potential. You still have to start to build momentum in your business. So the first thing in that is about expansion. What assets am I going to need to communicate my brand in the very best way? How am I going to bring people into my business? You know what? What else do I need apart from my my website do I need tools like okay I want to go and appear on podcasts I want to be a speaker or I want to connect with other people in my industry so I need tools and presentations to go and use and show them so start to think about how what's your brand universe and how are you going to expand your brand into all the tools that you need because leaving it to the last minute, the last thing you need is an opportunity comes up and you haven't got a price list. Or you haven't got a proposal document because then you're left scratching around and it takes you a week to respond. So having all those kind of assets and those things and expanding your brand is really, really important. And then the other thing is really just then about exposure. Mm-hmm. How are you going to start? That? And I know, Suze, um, this is something we talk all about. This is something I lean on Suze for. Um, but having that exposure is so, so important. How are you going to start to build your authority? How are you going to make connections? How are you going to build a community around your brand to start to build that profile? And one of the things I talk about here, which is really important for me, is your walk-ins versus your referrals. And they are both really important. They're two ways of bringing people into your business.
0: Yeah.
1: So <clears throat> I think people focus a lot on walk-ins. So doing those activities doing instagram posts paid advertising and I, I don't negate those things i think they're really really important and having channels that that bring walk-ins into your business and what i mean by that is cooler inquiries people who come to you just through the channels that you're focusing on but the other thing is referrals because for me referrals are really the right kind of referrals are really mm. really important so doing a really really good job coming back to that behavior identity the experiences that you create focusing on really great outcomes so that you also get great referrals in your business is really really important so looking at your business and going have i got a balance of walk-ins and referrals if you if all if most of your business is coming from one or the other then it's time to focus focus your attention in the other area if you're relying on referrals then that's probably a little bit Tenuous. Mm. You also want the walk-ins, but if you're only relying on the walk-ins, then you're missing a huge opportunity because referrals are amazing. They're already warmed up to your business. They're already qualified in many ways. They already know what you can do. They probably already want to work with you. So
0: the effort that's going
1: to go into converting those is much, much lower.
0: Yeah. And I also think from a referral perspective, I mean, if the quality of what you're doing is good then referrals should be a byproduct of that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And also with referrals, something
1: that I that's really, really important is when people refer to your refer business to you, make a real point of how you thank them. You know, a quick an, an email to say thank you is nice, but really making a point because putting yourself out on a limb and referring another business is a big thing. You're putting mm. your own brand on the line when you do that. So really embracing that referral network and being really appreciative of it is really, really important. And it
0: it will definitely show growth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think both of those are are super important as well. And I just think that, um, you know, (laughs) when we do do a rebrand, people who know us and love us are always happy for us. But really, it's more of an impact on us than anybody else. And so it is about just continuing to, you know, put it out there, have that consistency, make it recognisable, put all of that meaning around it so that people really start to connect with it in a in a deeper and a bigger way as well. So I think that that momentum is so important and it's something that can't be underestimated. Like I think that if you can really make that happen where you, it's, you know, it's the whole thing of just getting that ball rolling is that it really can End up being something that just continues to grow and grow and grow.
1: Yeah, and look for me, I think when you're proud of your brand, when you feel comfortable, when you feel aligned, a lot of that momentum kind of comes quite naturally. Mm. You want to talk about it. You're you've got lots of things that to put out on social media. You want to make connections. You want to network. You've got something to talk about. So I think that's why you start with meaning. Mm. That's a that, unlike the why what who how which hasn't got an order yeah. this has got an order yeah you start with meaning if you just if you just dive straight into the doing stuff which is where momentum sits i'm just going to do lots of stuff then and you miss the thinking bit the strategy the looking inwards then that's just arbitrary action it doesn't yeah. come back to the reason why you're doing it. It won't necessarily with connect with who you wanted it to connect with. It's just throwing stuff out there and hoping it will stick.
0: And it might work for a little bit, but it doesn't have probably longevity. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I love it, Becky. So we went through meaning, magnetism, management, and momentum. We will obviously have all of this in the show notes as well. Is there anything else that you wanted to wrap it up with or finish up with?
1: Look, first of all, I just—I suppose I'll just say a couple of things about what that aligned brand will look like. And I've talked about intuition, and I think that's really important. You know, having that sense of comfort with making, you know, a big thing with brand, and we talked about creative outsourcing, is decision-making, you know, getting stuck in, well, which logo should I choose? How should I go forward? So being more in touch with your intu- intuition, owning your individuality, being really comfortable with who you are is really important. Having that ability to innovate and to make the right choices when you innovate. And one of the biggest things I think people struggle with is I've got so many ideas, so many innovations, so many things I could do, so many services I could offer. But one of the important parts of when you've got an aligned brand in innovation is that you can become really focused. You know which things you're gonna choose and what you're gonna action because you know it aligns with what, what you want. So there are some outcomes that when you have an aligned brand that you're going to feel that are really, really important, being really intentional. So being really efficient when you have an inquiry, you know how you're going to respond. When someone asks you for your bio, you've got it. It's ready to go. You're efficient. So there are some really solid outcomes that come out of investing
0: in that aligned brand. Awesome. So good. Well, Becky, thank you so much for sharing all of that. You know, I can talk brand all day. Yeah. Uh, and so where can my listeners find out more about you and what's happening for you right now that you want to share okay. with us? So I'm reasonably easy to find. So it's just Beck Hughes. So
1: Beck and then Hughes, I'll spell it because sometimes it does throw people. H-U-G-H-E-S. Yeah. So you can find me at beckhughes.com, my website, or Beck Hughes Branding on Instagram or Facebook. I probably spend a bit more time on Instagram these days.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm i try trying to give some love
1: to Facebook yeah. too. <laughs> awesome. um, and I'm always talking about lots of things, tips about branding. Um, and look, for, I have worked for a long time now, one-on-one brand creation with clients. That's my thing. That's my love. Um, but this process that we've talked about today, there are elements of that, which I know are so important to growing a brand. But when I go through a branding process, with a client, it really does focus on that those first two steps. It focuses on, we dive into the strategy and the meaning, and then we build that magnetic brand. So I've put a lot of thought into, I know there are other ways I can support brand owners to then continue, get better at managing their brand, build that momentum. So in February, I'm launching my program, which is called Elevate and Expand Your Brand. And it really it just steps you through all of those those four phases that we've talked about today to start to to, to a, look back and scrutinize your brand. And you don't have to be going through a rebrand to do it. Sometimes it's just about looking back and fine tuning and scrutinizing that strategy. And then also starting to put some of those things in place. Am I managing my brand? What do I need to do better? Am I being consistent? Do I need to bring everything together into some guidelines? And start to help people with some tools for building their assets, expanding their brand, and how they can start to build momentum. Love so it. So, you can find the waitlist is open for that at the moment, and you can find that on my website.
0: Awesome. And we will have all of the links for that in the show notes as well. Becky, thank you so much for hanging out today and sharing all of your goodies with us.
1: Thank you. As you can tell, Suze, I could also talk about brand all day. <laughs>
0: good so good well I know that my listeners would have got so much out of it so I really appreciate it thank you for having me what a great chat with Becky. I hope that you enjoyed that. We went into things in so much detail. Becky has provided so much content as well in the show notes. So make sure that you go and check those out. All the show notes, you can always find them at suschadwick.com, pod, P-O-D, and then the number of the episode. So this one will be pod 183 if you want to go check out all of the show notes and the notes that Becky's given us and obviously go make sure that you go say hi to her on Instagram at Hughes as well Uh, and go check out everything that she's doing because she is fantastic but that's it for another week so fantastic to have you here I cannot wait to dive into next week's episode and if there's any particular topic that you want me to cover then make sure you let me know as well. Well, that's it for another week. It has been amazing to have you here as always. And remember to follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with us every week. The music to this podcast was created by Ixen on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.